Hi everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host, Alexandra Rain, and today is a very special episode with a very special and impressive guest. This intro has taken me um, too many tries to try and record this because Michael genuinely is so cool and knows so much about this industry. He's been working in fashion since he was 16. He's had various different titles, which include stylist, agent. Um, He had a handful of internships at magazines when he was younger, and now he is the owner of the new mother agency, Bake. So we talk all about it in this episode. Without further ado, let's just get into it. And it's been a minute you thought I was going to let you go, but I'm not quite yet. It's been a minute since I've pestered all of my lovely listeners to leave a rating and review. So if you would just take a moment right now to do that, I am giving you a golden star in my mind. Okay, I love you. Let's get started. Um, welcome, Michael, to Model Student. I'm so like stoked to have you on. And I have so much to ask you, but if you just want to first introduce yourself. Sure. Thank you so much again, yeah. um, Alex, for um, replying back to my initial messages, <laughs> um, to coming on and speaking to you. My name is Michael. I turned 31 this July. I'm a cancer. <laughs> um, in a nutshell, I am a fashion stylist a content creator. I've been a model scout for the past two years for an international model agency and I'm embarking further into this modeling journey by creating my own agency um, since last week. I know it's fresh out of the gate. I'm so excited to have you on at, as it's as it's starting and as it'll continue to build but I want to talk before we get into about how you've been a scout and how you've created this agency. I want to talk to you about your history in the fashion industry because you've worked as a stylist. You work. You've had a lot of mentors. Like when I was looking over your resume, I was like, "This is he's done everything. This is so so impressive." But if I'll let you explain it best, how did you first get into the industry? So I like to give you a little bit of context of the education system in Hong Kong. We Mm. have, just like America, private schools and public schools. Fortunately, my mom allowed me to go to a private school where I'm surrounded by international school, like international school kids, like Mm. international people, people from abroad, expats. So that was sort of my upbringing in high school. Um, and when I was 16, we were forced um, by our school to do an internship for two weeks at the end of the semester. And I was still slow as a kid then. I wasn't yeah. like the book smart kid. I was slightly slower than um, the usual, you know, bright child. Um and something really happened. So this internship was the pivotal point um, in my life. Um, I didn't know what to do. I don't have um, super wealthy parents with connections to an internship. I was quite lost, but I remember that there was a deadline coming up to (laughs) submit this internship application to my teacher. So one day when I was eating a burger, with my mom at just a burger store um, in in a supermarket. And I was so desperate to a point that I was just looking around and I saw this really cool fashion magazine lying on the ground. It it was like a free magazine. It was street and music led. And I was like, mom, this cover looks great. Just let's go with it. I don't have time. So long story short, I, you know, I reached out to them and they took me on board and it wasn't two weeks, it was eight months of <laughs> internship. Yeah. And and that really changed me. I became my own person mm. um, through the calling of fashion. With the first magazine, I was exposed to writing professionally and also being an assisting 
stuff like styling assistant on set so from then onwards I honed my skills so once I finished my internship there I went to another one and then I went to another one <laughs> and then I assisted stylist before I went to university and in university I you know started freelancing already so this was sort of the start of my journey at 16 and a half yeah you've been in it for like half of your life now which is so exciting with all of the internships but especially the first one you did what would you say was the biggest takeaway from it you mentioned it was kind of like the point in your life where you started to gain some independence but aside from that what do you think was the biggest lesson learned i At 16, I wasn't sure where I was heading to in terms of tertiary education. Mm. And that gave me a voice. Um, It's sort of like a dancer given a stage. I felt like that was it, like the piece of paper, the black canvas of a printed medium gave me a voice to express what I had inside, like my thoughts, because words are a visual language styling is a visual language and there i get to learn both and you know i didn't have to choose between one i was learning both crafts and making it coexist within this magazine kind of thing yeah Yeah, cool what was the name um of the magazine just out of curiosity yeah yes it's called juice magazine and it was street style music led club culture um and i think it really like um cemented my style moving forward yeah um because i got to see more of like subcultures or like what underground kids or club kids are wearing and that was where i started to look worries probably if someone um, started off in a high fashion magazine they yeah. will look um, into something a bit more sophisticated refined I think that you know with even with now later on talking about my agency or just mm. how I see things there is something uh, that's a bit gritty like yeah. something grit like something raw that I appreciate and I think the early education quote-unquote from working at magazines really um nurtured this yeah awesome I want to get more into your aesthetics in just a bit but I just really want to paint the (laughs) the upbringing of you your bachelor's in visual arts from Hong Kong Baptist University and then you got a post-grad degree or certificate in fashion and luxury brand management from Hong Kong University. So what was that formal education like? So um, we don't have many art programs in Hong Kong. Like there are only two. So Hong Kong Baptist University offers visual arts. And Mm. then there's Chinese University that offers fine arts. So visual arts, I'd say um, there's more to choose like more majors to choose from once you advance in your degree meaning that you can delve into dive into um ceramic uh glass art um chinese painting photography but if you were um in chinese university doing fine arts it's more you know the classical mediums like Mm. the paintings and more painting <laughs> and Chinese painting. So yeah. I felt like um, I was lucky enough to be educated in a more broader sense. Mm. Um, so yeah, within my period of time, I got to do like ceramics, um, silversmith, illustration, photography. My, we didn't have like a set major, but okay. you are accumulating credits um to a certain stream yeah um i i sort of qualified into the photography stream because i my final year project was photography awesome 
Cool. Yeah, this was actually my final year project. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! It's beautiful. I um, looked at your website, and did you take those photos as well that are on there? That was just the styling portfolio. Yes, that were the styling, but I I started off with photography first, like at seventeen till twenty two. It was me. It was photography, like. In terms of my personal portfolio, then styling was my professional kind of outlet. Yeah, yeah. you're so multi-talented. Like I'm really just honestly amazed by you. <laughs> um, I want to talk about mentorships. You have, and if I'm pronouncing their names wrong, please correct me. Um, Awan Golding. Awan yeah, Golding. Awan Golding. Yeah. Um, Jolene Lynn. Okay, and then Julie Mon. Yeah. Perfect. How did you connect with them? I feel like for a lot of people um, starting or wanting to start and like you mentioned, maybe not having like the connections to the fashion world through their parents or through friends. How did you pair up with these mentors and how did you create that relationship with them to learn? I think like I... I think there are two types of mentors mentors that naturally become your mentors when you're at a work professional workspace and mentors that you seek for specific advice or um a specific duration of training so mm. mine was um like the first uh, first route which is just naturally being fostered by um older um people or more experienced people within the industry during my job yeah so a one golden um is really special to me because she was the she was the editor who um took me on with that first internship at juice she yeah she taught me that she taught me how to write um how to have a voice and how to have fun through styling because it was street style led so there was less kind of limitations of what personal style is yeah mm. I love that have fun that's like the yeah. what always gets left out I feel <laughs> and she is now like she left the editorial rap, like industry okay probably a few years later a few years later then so maybe like 2000, roughly 2010 or 11, she went back into to England because she's half um, Asian, half British. So she went back, she left her job, um, and then pursued um, a millinery course, you know, learning about hats. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, she changed mediums of expression, and she's now one of the, like, best upcoming rising milliners in the world right so she knows how to market her product very well you know on top of being a talented milliner yeah so I think that was her success you know personal branding how to bring the elements because I think people think oh styling actually wearing clothes every day is styling writing writing a cv is writing yeah so there I learned you know everything one, I learned about that with Jolene Jolene came into my life a little bit later meaning in university mm-hmm. I think for other people it's a bit odd when I say a little bit later because uni is when they start to learn about themselves yeah but I started to learn myself like a, one step quicker yeah than everyone else yeah but Jolene Lynn I met at an internship I did for one of um, the largest fashion retailers here in Hong Kong called Lane Crawford. So it's like a Hong Kong equivalent of Netta Porter. Yeah. Okay. And then I was there um, as an intern to work on their e-commerce store that they're debuting. Um, it was like the first, you know, generation of e-com sites. So mm. um, she was the senior visual merchandiser meaning that she was the stylist styling all the looks um and she interviewed me um she saw 
something in me personality-wise, um, my CV, the work experience. Um, and yeah, I was there for a very short time, I think just over the summer. Yeah. But then after the summer, she's like, I think it was either me saying, oh, can I work for you? Or it was her saying, um, I need an assistant. So she left that job after 10 months. Um, she never was in this kind of, she never really like, mm, how do I say, strived in this oh, kind I of see. corporate setting. Yeah. She was always known as a freelance fashion stylist and art director. So Jolene Lin, just a little bit of background is that she's Singaporean, um, raised in England. She came to Hong Kong um, during her mid-20s, I think, um, to pursue styling because here there is a good balance of commercial stuff like TVCs, television commercials, you know, commercial catalogs, and then editorial stuff. We have access to a lot of um, good photographers and yeah. it's just a very like convenient hub to work in, like Hong Kong wise. Yeah. Um, so she um, is known in the industry. Um, she's a bit quite established. And now she's actually based in New York. Yeah. Oh, nice. I hope I run into her maybe when, I, when I'm in New York this next month. Yeah, she, she works with, in terms of clientele, since I think, you know, it, it seems to be like always they need to have credibility. So yeah. Like the list of clients that she's worked with include like, Nessa Porter, Matches Fashion, just on top of my head, like Nike, um, a slur of magazines. She's done covers for Vogue Hong Kong um, in New York um, and many, many more. Actually, I'm going to meet her today. Um, oh, amazing. A bit later this afternoon to regroup. So even after assisting her for two years, um, I keep in contact she's a sister she's in town for a bit so yeah we're going to museum today I, M plus. I was gonna ask if you were still in contact with all of these I'm in contact with all of them so Awan, Jolene and Judy I still keep in contact because I'm just I don't know I've always been a person that would reach out and yeah. maintain these relationships so just to quickly talk about what I've learned with Jolene is styling so styling I think everyone does it differently with Mm -hmm. Jolene like her strength is accessorizing accessorizing not like layers and layers and chunky stuff but to have accessories as an accent to um, strengthen the narrative and also how to refine street style within the pages of a magazine because there are always those big brands that you need to highlight yeah. in advertising. So there I learned how to edit, how to put the street style flair without being overly street style. And then also just, you know, like tips and tricks, you know, how to clip the clothes better, how to seem better. Because I, throughout the two years, I think I've done you know, give or take 15 to 20 shoots with her. It might not sound a lot, but there were like campaigns and lookbooks and editorials. And it was, um, and so like I thought a lot. I think there one, one job I think that was really, really fun was to work on an Adidas um, regional campaign where it was a celebrity, like it was, celebrity couple and like the photographer was someone they um flown in flown like flown to hong kong yeah for. and so like I, that the scale was a bit different yeah totally i also just want to say too like 15 to 20 shoots like shoot days are so long so intense like it's not like a quick walk in the park you're really especially yeah, as a I stylist mean, on your feet the whole time yeah because I feel like nowadays we consume imagery so quickly. Yeah. So I feel like I need to remind people that actually photo shoots take time and yeah. preparation. 
you have to get locations, totally. you have to approve the budgets, you have to get the um, clothes flown in to approve, and yeah. especially working with celebrities, their yeah. schedule is, you know, less forgiving. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of preparation that goes into one shoot, like Vogue plans six months ahead for their September issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? But people yeah. forget about it because our the new ger- generation consumes things so differently. So quickly. It's like really rapid. It's like even with myself, I have to like pump the brakes even with like I don't just like scrolling on social media even or you know what I mean like taking time to actually reflect on what I just saw instead of just like keep swiping down um and then Julie what did you learn from Julie how did she help you sure so Julie I met a bit later so fast forward so um Jolene was like my early early 20s so like 2021 so like 20, I think I was from 20 to 22. And then Julie was a bit later on, I think I'd say 28 years mm. old, 28. I think I was 28. So before COVID happened, I'm not sure if you knew about the political kind of atmosphere in Hong Kong. I'm unfamiliar. China. So maybe you can look it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, i will you can look it up after this but so basically there was a big political unrest because mm. china wants to take over hong kong and we had like a big protest it was like a big big protest so then i already knew like things were going like south in terms of you know, economy yeah. or stability. So I thought I thought was I thought to myself was that oh maybe I should take a break from fashion mm-hmm. and um try out other things because like you said, I am like multi talented. I will never yeah. say this out loud, but I-, I could say that I have skills of from various facets. Yeah, brag about it. You're very talented. <laughs> yeah. So I just was on you know a job portal and was looking through things and I was like having a laugh I was like oh maybe I should work for um cookware company as a copywriter yeah um, freelance contract so I was like okay I'm I will never get it because I've never written you know cookware before I mean long story short I got the job <laughs> after writing a like a sample yeah like, sample coffee sample where I still remember it was like a multi-layered um steamer so a three-in-one steamer anyways um I had like a day to write about it even though it was short just doing my research and no I got it and Julie Mann was my um like supervisor or like my my head Mm. manager and so her background was a creative director um, for various agencies and in-house brands previously before she took on this role. Um, she was um, creative director at Clinique for mm. four years. Wow. So what I learned there was definitely a lot because she was from agency background, meaning like for a agencies or agency kind of like mode of working. Um, and I was always working for brands like in-house. Yeah. So I learned the different methods and also how to prepare presentations like an agency will do. How do you create a brand from scratch and create the brand personality, set the tone, yeah. what's the color palette, how do you create a cohesive story through marketing. So. Um, which is so relevant to what you're doing now <laughs> with with yeah, fake yeah. yeah so like there I really like because everything I've done up until that point was just experience from the job but yeah. then agency like agency mode is to rationalize everything and to tell the client oh we've done something for you so even though yeah. it's not necessary there are like 
10 extra steps to rationalize uh, their theory or <laughs> um, strategy. Yeah. So it was there I learned a lot about str- strategic kind of presentations. And yeah, so I Amazing. learned a lot from her. And through that, I, I adapted to my like life or like work life in yeah. terms of how I pitch to clients. Amazing. I want to talk to you now because I was looking at your styling portfolio and I was so like I want each of the images just like truly framed in my house. It's like such beautiful work and like quite frankly unlike anything that I've seen before it was just so captivating and like this really I like it makes me speechless way like I mean that sincerely You've mentioned like the differences between like street styling and then editorial styling, but I'm still rather uneducated on the styling front. So first, how do you explain the difference between the two? And then how do you think those differences come into your work, if that makes sense? Interesting question. Um, Hopefully I can digest that and give answer I'd say like street style or street style in a personal level has shouldn't have limitations Mm. editorial however expressive um the objective is to sell clothes yeah even though you know it is lit well you know the you know like the model is like in a contoured shape, you know, an avant-garde pose, but at the end, they're still selling the clothes. Mm. So, like, there is that difference between, you know, full, you know, hippie mode, self-expression, street style, and then editorial style, but still street style, Yeah. with the objective of selling clothes. So yeah. I think people need to know when they flick through things on what they're absorbing. Yeah. Is this something that's organic or pretending to be organic? Oh, I love that. I love that. So then how does that relate to your work when you're styling? Yeah, how do, does it relate to my work? I don't even know if it relates my work at all if I have to be honest yeah like as a stylist I feel like you know you always review yourself I've listened to your podcast before you were a dancer or you're still a dancer right yeah so like as an artist of any um, medium you will always like um, criticize yourself Mm. or know where you stand within that kind of circle or community yeah and the older I am, the longer I've been doing this, I, you know, reflect and look at myself and see what kind of person or what kind of stylist I am. And to be honest, I feel like I'm less of a stylist because I feel like my photos always don't highlight the clothes. Yeah. I always highlight the person more or the mood that's yeah this art there's more of an artistic sensibility to my photos and you know that's also why I don't get a lot of jobs in Hong Kong like for styling jobs because I don't like they don't understand my aesthetic or it's just not so easily it's not something it's something that you need to digest for another second totally and that's what I think when you said mood it just like clicked for me I feel like looking at your styling work it was like the feeling it was like looking at a painting which I feel like I don't have a trained eye to do that with like like editorial pages in a magazine like I it's harder for me to identify what I'm feeling or what my response is as an audience but when I saw yours I was like oh I feel like I'm watching a dance like this somehow I can understand in a way that's difficult to articulate but it felt like this all-encompassing feeling 
as an audience, it was really cool. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I can't speak because, much to styling, but. Because I, I took dance when I was younger. Like oh, amazing. 14 to 16 and a half or 14 to 17, maybe. Yeah. I did jazz. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like dance, dance like programmed me to think differently. Like yeah. I'm so attentive to posture or mannerisms and I bring that to all my photo shoots. Um, when I choose a model, they have to have their own personality, but in terms of directing them, I'm very hands-on with the posing. Yeah. I, like, I'm really good at posing, um, and all the models know it, all the photographers <laughs> know it. Like, I yeah. will be, like, you know, probably other stylists will be like, oh, can you do something yeah. similar to the reference? But for me, I will actually go go adjust, to your position yeah. and do it with you yeah oh I love that though I love when yeah. people are hands-on on shoots because I feel like being the model it's like I want to make sure that I'm delivering what the client wants you know what I mean and like getting fulfilling the vision in the way that is expected or wanted but amazing how would you and I know you said it's difficult to define your aesthetic as a stylist but and like, if you had to pick like three words, what would those three um, words be? I oh, I have, yeah, I'd say like timeless. Mm. I don't know. I think it's like a sen a broken sentence. It'd be like, you know, timeless, but with a bit of danger and a lot of rawness. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh, that's great. That's you nailed it right on the head. Are you still with active model management or no longer? Yeah, so I am still. Um, why? There are two reasons. I feel mm. like being associated with a international agency is smart because I yeah. get to be exposed to different agencies. Because where I'm, um, I'm working for a mother agency. Yeah. And they work with placements, right? And there, I get to expose myself to different bookers or agency owners when my models are placed um and secondly i it, it would be very irresponsible for me to leave because yeah. i scouted these models so i have four models one in hong kong two in new york but are asian like they are studying in new york at fit and oh nice nyu yeah so, and then i have another guy he's caucasian um in spain barcelona amazing so i scouted all of them on instagram with the guy in barcelona um my agent found like the agency director founded him but he wanted me to um you know develop the him. deal contract signed and yeah. then for me to like develop him remotely yeah when you're scouting models, what do you look for? I look for, first, I mean, to be honest, is I'll look for anything but white. Yeah. Like, I know it sounds racist of me, but I just feel like th there's so many agencies, so many scouters already dedicating yeah. to, their, to this race. I feel like as an Asian, I want to give it to other people yeah so it's like asians or black people or you know races that um are raised in a different country because yeah. you know their culture their background their upbringing influences you or like you know even like a white person born in hong kong the their mindset is totally different from a white person from, from Utah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, so that, that's probably where I start looking. But it's definitely not about the race. It's also about the energy. Mm. Um, I never just see one photo. And I never approach a person on the same day I spotted them on Instagram. I probably yeah. take a few weeks to months to 
look at how they talk. Oh my look, gosh. Look, look at what their stories. Yeah. Oh, are they like a druggie? I don't <laughs> want druggies. Um, yeah. Do they have something special to say as a person? Yeah. You know, and their lifestyle. Just that... because also people need to remember just because you look like a model doesn't mm. mean you have to choose to be a model. Yeah. You have other um, ambitions in life, you know, being a doctor or being a housewife or, you know, just yeah. anything. Don't have to be a model. No one, um, no one like is limiting you to be a model or forcing you. I love that. I'm so impressed at how long you will devote to just like, for lack of a better word, catching someone's vibe before you offer to sign them. I think kind of like what we were talking about with consuming images, it's so quick. And I think people think getting signed as a model or developing as a model happens overnight when in reality it's like very, can be for most people, I think a very slow start. Like it, it takes time. Um, how I'm like just so curious with the Instagram scouting thing because I I will talk to you about that another time like one-on-one because I'm like oh my gosh how am I being perceived like being perceived is crazy that we can just talk in a DM about that though I won't waste our time um okay so you have now it's launched your own mother agency bait talent management congratulations again Um, so your core services include holistic talent and brand management, casting services, and production. Um, and then I'll have you explain the concept, more of the ethos of the brand, if you will, please. Sure. Um, so the idea of creating my own agency came upon probably three months ago when mm. I was thinking about my birthday in July, and it was like, Michael, I think this year you shouldn't buy a cake. Maybe you should buy yourself a company. That's so <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. So I was, so I was like, okay, um, let's go with it. And I just had a like feeling that it wasn't like I, I wasn't being calculative or I was like setting milestones and checklists, but mm. just inside me, I felt like oh, you know, working in the business for the past 15 years from my teens to my 20s to now embarking to my being 31, early 30s, I have um, something to say as a person, as a professional, and I have set this strong foundation um, for people to learn from. Yeah. So I felt like I was ready, and I've already, like I already know the business very well. Yeah. or well enough at least because you're always continuously learning like, totally learn enough. Um, and you know it so, from so many different angles too like you really have kind of been in each position yeah and I felt like also like I have an edge like other people might be really good at getting you jobs but mm-hmm. maybe signing with me you get a holistic experience it's not just getting jobs maybe you only get half of the jobs or a third of the jobs but you're also going to learn a lot about personal branding how to market yourself how to style yourself how to write copy how to strategize and all these things you can learn you can utilize after you model yeah I feel like I want this to be more of a school rather than just a exchange yes yeah no I love that I think I think that's how it honestly should be I think um the reality is for a lot of people you have kind of a few golden years of modeling and if you only are devoted to that and don't have any hobbies outside of it I imagine you would feel very lost (laughs) by the time your contract expires or so I think developing models in a way or talent that's just beyond okay, here's a job, go here, I'll take this percentage, and we'll just keep doing that, really fostering them, also as people, and doing what your mentors did for you, too, and really nurturing your talent, so cool, I've never heard of that approach with any other agency. 
also like I feel like everyone nowadays are multifaceted like mm-hmm. they might be a tattoo artist and they look like models so they can do modeling yeah or they're a ballet dancer and they want to retire students to become a model yeah you know, as another expression totally extend their career so I feel like as a manager I should be there with them along the way I can also monetize from it right like yeah in a healthy sense like they are a ballet dancer and they become a model we can try to utilize their ballet um, skills experience to find them jobs that are relevant to their experience totally so that all the like the case studies i'm telling you is what i'm actually gonna do yeah um, i'll tell you a little bit more of who i've signed yeah yeah signing. um yeah so going back um, yeah. to fake um why i mean i've said a few things but also i'd say like also like the frustrations of mm. not um speaking authentically because you know if you work for other agency not that they're not great but it's a different voice it's not fully your voice it'll never be your voice it'll never be your baby it's sort of like you are fostering or you know someone else's baby totally so i always want to have control and i'm a little bit rebellious so <laughs> I like you know do it myself and also like i get all the commission yeah i don't need to share it and i'm always doing all that work anyways so yeah. why shouldn't i get the full 10% mother agency commission as totally. opposed to being a model scout it's a 5% which is like mm. teeny tiny i'm like for yeah. real like i cannot earn money out of it because you don't know when i'll come yeah and also why i'm still doing model scouting is because i just love it like i love searching things molding things yeah it's sort of like the you're a true artist <laughs> no i know but artists starve and always, <laughs> like, <laughs> always the case with me my mom's like uh you need to bring home money yeah, yeah. oh my gosh my mom she's like you need to bring home money stop being like a dreamer like she doesn't like smash it but you know she's just she's a little realistic crazy. you have to eat yeah yeah. And then, so, where, where am I? No, you were where just talking about how you love scouting and how you love kind yeah, of yeah. seeing, so, molding, fostering. Yeah, but so, you, sorry. I just love it so much. I just, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's just a little obsession of mine, just scouting. Just my eyes can't stop looking for mm. talent. Yeah. I've always been like this, you know, even as an editor, you need to find angles, right? You need to yeah. find the next designer or the next, you know, new it girl. But yeah. you find it before everyone does. And yeah. that's the rush. Oh, actually, going back to my analogy. Yes, yeah. That, um, you know, it's, you know, fostering someone is sort of like... Um, watching the first episode of American Idol where you see this raw talent. Yeah. Usually the end product is actually not the most fun to watch, to be honest. Yeah. It gets a bit boring. <laughs> so it's the starting point that's really like just excites me. Really? And it's sort of also the ethos behind why I created Bake or Nate titled it Bake is because I feel like everyone is a piece of sourdough mm. and every dough is raw and unique and will never be the same yeah and why I named it Bake is that you know you know how do I say it like if if the client wants something cookie cutter they can go somewhere else if they want something wholesome and sizzling you know in the oven come to us because mm. every time we will create something new yeah together. yeah so that's why i make it bake because it's a uh it's a anticipation it's not idle it's not um static yeah it's an ongoing like 
the rising of the dough, the press, you know, the burnt. So that's how I thought about it. And also, like, marketing-wise, it was easy to remember. Even if you didn't speak English, you'd know what fake is or have a connotation of it. Totally. Um, Yeah, some of my friends said, Michael, (laughs) I thought someone, like, I thought a bakery shop followed at me but it was you so like people thought it was a bakery people thought it was a kids agency but people thought it was like selling weed um <laughs> no it's yeah. a talent it's a talent management i love it yeah, yeah. i'm i oh. think i think it's actually really quite clever and i think the branding of it is genius like i think it all just fits together perfectly and makes so much sense you know so then in terms of what's inside the umbrella, mm-hmm. so Mother Agency, I think, yeah, straightforward. I think your readers would know what Mother yeah. Agency is. It's basically um, the main representation of a model, and they usually the first agency that you sign defaults as your mother agency, and they help, you know, um, strategize your career, handle placements, um, develop you holistically right yeah definitely and then so bg mother agent so i i become a mother agent i you know manage talent if they don't want to sign exclusive contracts or they're already a model like sign with a model agency but want to do more influencer stuff Mm. i'd be happy to do that depending on the talent yeah really like the personality and then also talent management meaning like I've done eight to ten, okay, eight years of PR. Yeah. And I want to also be smart on how to sustain the business because modeling, I feel like, comes and goes or there's seasons or there's yeah. like big breaks and no breaks for each model. So I feel totally. like I need to find something stable for the company. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to bring brand management on board to bring that I feel like fit in with the same personality as the models. So yeah, yeah. I would go for like wholesome brands, like handmade products, slow fashion. Yes. That has that same grittiness and rawness. Totally. So, so it's two parts, like talent management, which is modeling, modest models, modeling, and then brand management, which would be PR, media pitching, within the Asia region and also help these um, independent brands get into more boutique stores Mm. in Asia. So that part, I have my colleague working with me. She's my best friend from uni. Yeah. Um, I don't usually advise people to work with friends because you will never become friends after working together. But she's special because she's actually has been assisting me um, on set at my styling shoots whether test shoots or proper jobs for the past two and a half years or three years yeah we have a good work relationship meaning that she knows my strengths and weaknesses and I know her strengths and weaknesses so we know how to set boundaries so I cannot do a business by myself no before before setting up the business I was I, I asked for her to come on board as a my my colleague as a core um, team member of Bake. So Amazing. she will be um, taking over like taking over or helping out or overseeing the brand side because she's actually also a um, practicing jewelry designer or oh, I wouldn't cool. say jewelry designer, jewelry artist because she works with silver. It doesn't mm. have to be a commercial piece. Yeah. Um, so why I chose also to um, manage jewelry brands is because she knows that realm and she'll be interested. And as a boss, you should be smart on how to keep your colleagues within yeah. the business. So I wanted to just foster that. And I don't see a lot of jewelry-focused PR agencies here. You've really thought of, like, every single angle. Like, you, like, have it you have it down I'm so impressed with how yeah one more thing just yeah. quickly is that the, 
casting and production. It just means that, you know, we don't have to, like, I, we, I'd love to offer I casting services where I help them find new talent, mm. treat cast, or, you know, work with other agencies to help them find, like, an authentic narrative um, for their campaign. So that I want to foster because there's no casting directors in Hong Kong. Like, yeah. there's, like, one, and she's, like, white. And That's I crazy. And like, um, beat, like, compete and beat the white. Yeah. Because I'm in Hong Kong, I'm, like, where's an Hong Kong casting that, director? That surprises me that there's really only one. Because I, I mean, and, like, like in LA or New York there's like literally like <laughs> there's yeah. quite a few at least like pro- like big dominant ones but yeah because here it's more like maybe you had like a brand hires an agency and mm. they deploy one of their colleagues to cast I see but it's not like we will find a casting director to specifically do this task that's it's so interesting like there's no budget so the stylist does it yeah oh wow I'm learning so much listening to you. Um, Something I wanted to talk to you about in your mission statement for BAKE is um, you said also with the dominance of technology and digital means of expression, people are slowly losing their sense or their sense of need for the human touch. Talk to me more about that. I like that sentence is so fascinating to me and I think it's completely true. So what was the sense of... Yeah, so it's sort of like why I created this brand as well. We've already spoken about it, um, about every person's like a piece of freshly baked bread. Yeah. It's that. It's that. It's literally just that appreciating the imperfection Mm. or knowing that everything is a progress. Because I feel like if I was an agency just selling an army of Russian girls, this there won't have this ethos. It's yeah. just quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And I feel like also, what kind of images these clients want? What can we do for you? Is another question. Mm. Like, is there something more collaborative we can do? It's not just okay. Here's a model. Shoot. Done. Yeah. Here's a model. Or is it like? what do you want to do with this model? You know, this model is also a tattoo artist. Do you want to work with them as a tattoo artist or a model? Mm. Like, there are questions that are valid. And I, I know it's like, there's no, no one has time to answer these questions, <laughs> but they should. Yeah. They should make time to make a stronger image. And I think... I feel like I've never been successful as a stylist making like money or like making it like a full-time career it's because i think i'm too focused on the artistry yeah but i think people should also focus more on the artistry i agree it's such a revolution honestly listening to you talk because i think and i hope that this inspires people within the industry to start moving in this direction and like you said, like I think wholesome and holistic are just the perfect words for it. And I think it also, I mean, as a model, it's so much more validating and reassuring knowing that a company or an agency or casting director, whoever, whatever side of the production wants to work for me, not only because I fit their visual aesthetic, but also because I can bring something else to the table, whether that's dance or... God knows what else, but I think it's, I like that approach. I think it is really valid and not, I don't, I literally don't know any other agency that's really offering these services. I feel like there are, like, it's like, as much as I said, like, oh, you know, <laughs> Asian pride, don't like the white people or like, yeah. you know, seeing eye to eye with the, you know, white you know, supremacy movement. Yeah. But in the West, you guys have a lot of goodness. Like mm. in the in the States, you guys have great agencies. Yeah. Um, like you guys have more of an inclusive space. Yeah. Whether or not this inclusive space is 
I don't even know if it's a word tokenized. tokenized. Yeah, that's a um, that's a question I ask myself often. Yeah, or or if it you know really genuine. Yeah, it is a movement, and you guys do it well. It's like yeah. Rihanna with her Fenty. Yeah. Um, I you know I, Savage yeah. or like there there's an agency called We Speak that my friends in the states um told me about, and yeah. that was so nice oh like is are those the same people that i will scout maybe not but what they're doing i applaud i think we're getting there i think i think we're getting there step by step i think there has been a lot more push to inclusivity and representation across body types and races i think most agencies here are starting to ask like what talents models have outside of agencies and if what else they can offer but I don't think I I actually can't really speak because I don't know what the agency side of things look like and I don't know how production looks but I hope I hope there's kind of this uh I hope we continue with this multifaceted step and I think models I think the expectation is moving towards models have to be so much more than just models, if that makes sense. Well, but also it's smarter, no, right? Yeah, no, it is. can only get one job per month because of this aesthetic. Yeah. But if he offers his tattoo art or he can also dance and shoot, then it becomes two jobs per month. Yeah. Don't use benefit as a booker as well. Totally. And I mean, that's... No, that's been the thing too with representation is there have been studies that show like consumers will buy more, will buy something if the model looks like them. So I'm like, even just as a business move, you guys, like this seems yeah, like... Yeah, it's just so, I think, hard to control. I yeah. think in terms of a business model, I think like, yeah. this is just too radical. Mm-hmm. So they won't commit because it's, yeah. they want fast food. They don't want gourmet. Wow. Yeah. No. Period. <laughs> like honestly. Yeah. Because it takes so much time. Who Who the hell would do it? Like someone. Yeah. Someone like me. Well, like, I was just about I mean, to say you. Like someone, but then I think, you know, I'm a small company. Yeah. Like a very very small company. I hope there are larger companies who can drive better like better or stronger change totally. to do the same thing and sort of like h&m telling you that it's sustainable but it's not but if they just made the effort they are yeah. influencing a larger community totally i know it's interesting i feel like sometimes i'm so narrow-sided because i am i mean first a consumer but then also a model but it's really helpful talking to people like you who have been on the production side of things who can like expand and educate me on like, well, this is why the change is slow and this is why this, you know what I mean? It's just, it's been very insightful. And actually now is a good time to ask you about um, your morals because you have mentioned that your like sustainability is something that you advocate for. And also in your bio, it said that you want to bring ethics to how he interacts with his job. So what would you say are your ethics and morals, first off? Loaded question. (laughs) But if you... I think when you become a professional or an adult going into the workforce, Mm -hmm. and you work for us, there are barriers that you need to set in terms of how you speak. Yeah. You cannot be fully honest because first you're gonna hurt people's feelings second of all you will lose your commercial appeal yeah commercial appeal right yeah so but at the same time i feel like you have to be honest yeah honest with how you treat yourself and treat others so yeah. i feel that always spoke to me when i was younger that honesty was more like no filter just speak the (laughs) truth but now growing older being more refined i feel like honest is knowing when to um start a conversation and when to stop the conversation Mm -hmm. you don't have to linger into that conversation that community that does not serve you or serve the people yeah because 
even if you're not being genuine to others that's also wasting their time yeah yeah so whether is it like you know signing on a client uh working for an employer um you know signing a model know what you feel and know that all the feelings that are inside you are valid because you know it is a personal experience you know model the model industry is a personal and will always be a subjective experience but what you can offer is hopefully more inclusive because the people that become the faces of a campaign can change other other people's perceptions of themselves it can be that powerful totally so that's probably one thing like my ethic would be being transparent you Mm. know and then sustainability i feel like shouldn't just be my ethics it should be everyone's ethics is because totally the world is the world is you know going through massive change destruction yeah. and it's crippling because of humans yeah uh, humans always think that we're the smartest thing <laughs> in the world but we're really not yeah it's, you know and also like when you think of yourself as the smartest is when you're more flawed because you're so arrogant and you're limiting yourself too I think mm-hmm. I used to like feel like I'm like in high school would feel like I know it all I know exactly what I'm doing and now I feel like I literally have no idea and I just want to learn. And I feel like when you are open to learning and recognize that you're not the smartest is when you can actually start to grow. Yeah, even as an agent, I tell the models that I am learning yeah. along the way with you. Yeah. I, I don't know everything and yeah. I should not. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Sustainability, I guess. I don't know. I've always been someone who doesn't waste food. Like, even if mm. I, like, want to vomit or pee, <laughs> I will finish everything on the plate just because yeah. I know that other people have no, like, they don't have food. And yeah. I've never encountered it. But in America, there's things like food stamps that yeah. I will never experience or yeah. eating fast food every day only. Yeah. Like, I've never, I don't know, like, this world. This is not part of my world, but I know this is a world that a lot of people experience. So sustainability is, yeah, something that I really care about. It's not something like, I I think I should do more, but I also like cleaning beaches from time to time by myself or with friends. Yeah. You know, since I am in the industry, I'm close friends with a lot of models. I they come with me that's so fun I feel like models (laughs) shouldn't just act cool but they should you know be cool too do cool things for sure yeah um definitely oh yeah and also like how do I want to bring all these kind of interests and value points um to my work is that you know I want to educate all my um models that mm. that they have the responsibility to yeah um change others like how i change their lives yeah not that you know i'm like some no not elon musk changing everyone's lives but you know i mean my agents have definitely changed my life and i in more ways than just like booking me a job do you know what i mean like there's a lot yeah. that you can learn from your agents yeah so in terms of sustainability, even things like I would like to partner with um, a stainless steel straw company mm. and like blast it out to all models, not a- my agency models, like to all models in yeah. Hong Kong um, for to bring to castings. Yeah, like, I'd like to do something like that. Um, I told my mom about it, and she was like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah." Your mom is going to be the next guest on the podcast, by the way. She sounds so amazing. Yeah, sure. She's like, <laughs> yeah, she's never been like super supportive of my art route, mm. but she was never one to um, reject 
my ideas. Yeah. She just knows that living in the city is quite difficult. Yeah. You just need to know where you stand and when to like run. <laughs> run and run in a way, not running away, but like running towards the goal. Yeah, like hustle. Totally. Yeah. It's been so nice to have you on. Thank you again okay. so much. Okay, I'll Thank let you. of course. Please watch the model students. <laughs> Not just this episode, to all the other episodes. Oh. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to follow me, um, you can go on Instagram and type fake management. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Model Student. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to leave a rating interview and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.